It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you're listening, whenever you're watching, I hope you're doing okay. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant, located on St. Simon's Island in Georgia. Check out his website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com or give my man a call 912-268-2328 912-268-2328 find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's for an authentic Italian meal today's show is also being brought to us in part by Fight TV hey you want to watch a fight but it's not on your TV provider's channel can't find it anywhere well guess what you can find it on Fight TV And even better than that, you can watch it right on the front page of BillyCBoxing.com. That's right. We have an embedded player for Fight TV right on the front page. So check it out, www.BillyCBoxing.com. Make sure you go to Fight TV for all of your uh, fights that you can't get on your normal television provider. And while you're at it, make sure you download the Billy C app. It's for free. So why not watch the show or uh, fights that are available on Fight TV on your Billy C app. Like I said, it's for free. Visit our website, BillyCBoxing.com, and click on the app today. And finally, today's show is being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Molino, From Bondage to Baddest Man on the Planet, is available right now where all good books are sold. And you can get a copy of this book right now while you're watching or listening to the show uh, by visiting BarnesandNoble.com or Amazon.com. You want to get a signed copy? Don't worry about it. Visit our website, BillyCBoxing.com, and click on the book. You can't miss it. That's for sure. And listen, if uh, you see me at a live boxing event, uh, make sure you come up to me if you want a book. I never leave home without them. It's like the uh, credit card. You're not supposed to leave home without. Uh, Obviously, we're not going to promote it since they don't pay us. Uh, But uh, the bottom line is I don't leave home without books to sell to people or give, you know, whatever. If you're a good-looking woman, I'll give it to you, man. You know, hey, I shouldn't just say that. It's not that I'm against. uh, I better leave it. I better leave that one alone. But uh, anyway, on today's show, um, you know, I meant to tell you uh, what we're going to be doing for our blast from the past tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow's show, we got a uh, former world uh, uh, champion in multiple divisions, Tony the Tiger Lopez, uh, coming at you for our blast from the past. Alex Papali uh, will present that to us uh, along with myself. And also, uh, as usual, 
We'll have uh, Boxing Hall of Famer and New Jersey Boxing Commissioner Larry Hazard uh, joining us, and he'll uh, uh, give us his thoughts uh, on the uh, Deontay Wilder uh, annihilation of uh, Bermain Stavern this past weekend. And speaking of uh, Deontay Wilder and uh, his annihilation of Bermain Stavern, you know, my topic today, my main topic a little slow day in the sport of boxing but uh my main topic today uh is just about that you know we've been talking a lot about the dream matchup between uh you know anthony joshua who i think is uh the best uh, heavyweight in the world today uh going up against uh uh deontay wilder and you know yesterday we were talking a lot about the potential fights prior to um, the showdown between Deontay Wilder and uh, and Anthony Joshua. And, you know, I, I mean, realistically, uh, Anthony Joshua uh, could fight Joseph Parker in England, let's say January uh, of uh, 2018. I'm just, I'm just throwing these dates out. Uh, nothing has been signed, sealed, or delivered, or even discussed. But potentially... Uh, he could unify uh, the other belt, uh, uh, with the exception of the WBC belt that Deontay has. Uh, but uh, uh, I mean, we could see that fight, and then we could also see, um, you know, Deontay Wilder's new mandatory, which is Dominic Brazil. Uh, we could see that fight uh, in early 2018. Let's keep it on the same page. Let's say January, and then the winners of those two fights potentially. Uh, having a showdown like we talked yesterday and even uh, we were mentioning on yesterday's show that it would be cool to have uh, you know Dominic Brazil against uh, Deontay Wilder on the undercard as the co-main event to Anthony Joshua versus Joseph Parker since we're dreaming uh, and have it in England and help uh, you know get Deontay uh, some exposure over in England and then have uh, the showdown between uh, Deontay and Anthony Joshua uh, in England later in 2018, like uh, presumably in the summer. Um, that sounds like a great plan to me. However, should the fight take place now? I mean, you know, uh, let's make no mistake. Uh, the two best heavyweights in the world today, in, in my opinion, clearly is Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder. Now, Deontay Wilder, I've been very critical of. And a lot of people have been talking uh, about Deontay Wilder's victory over Stavern uh, on Saturday night. And, you know, the word dive, the word uh, came for a payday, all of those come into play for this fight. But me trying to look on the bright side, uh, I, I thought I saw uh, Deontay Wilder display... Uh, more boxing ability than he has, and he hasn't done it since the first fight with Stavern. So therefore, like I say with AJ all the time, um, you know, uh, Anthony Joshua, in my opinion, is always improving. Uh, he's a guy that, in my opinion, is getting better and better after each fight. Now, he did not look great uh, against Carlos Tacom, the last-minute sub. Uh, but uh, but he you know looked fantastic against Klitschko showed us a lot. Uh, you got to assume you know he's getting better. But with Deontay Wilder, you know Deontay Wilder has shown no zero zilch nada improvement 
um, until Saturday. Now, granted, it, it only went 2 minutes and 59 seconds, but I saw Deontay Wilder using a jab. I saw him set up his right hand. I saw him go in for the kill when he was supposed to, and I also saw him do what he was supposed to do against that type of opponent, uh, whether you want to call him a bum or whether you want to call him uh, a guy who laid down or whatever. The truth is, is that Deontay Wilder did what he was supposed to do against Stavern. And we can't criticize Deontay for that. He made quick work. You know, I've seen fighters many, many times that, they, you know, go back to their corner and, and their, their trainers, you know, actually say, hey, let's get some rounds in, you know, uh, and then the next thing you know, what happened? You know, they're looking up at the lights. Yeah, no, if you're going to be able to take out a fighter quickly, why pussyfoot around? Why mess around? Take them out. And that's what Deontay Wilder did. To me, that was an improvement over the last time I saw Deontay Wilder. So that brings us to the question, should the fight happen now? Should we let it go one more fight uh, and then have a showdown? Or is this fight ready to go now? Joining me right now uh, from, uh, uh, well, from St. Simons, I see. Uh, now that I see him is Sal Rocky <laughs> Senecola. Good morning, Sal. Good morning, Billy. How are you today, buddy? Not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, so what do you think, man? Yesterday, we talked about it. I mentioned it earlier. You know, a great uh, scenario. You know, January, just for argument's sake, AJ against Joseph Parker uh, in England. And on the co-main event, uh, Deontay Wilder against his mandatory, Dominic Brazil in England. Uh, have them fight. Then the winners fight each other sometime in the summer. But today I posed the question, do we need to wait? Does that fight have to happen? Can't we have this fight now? Certainly we can. I mean, we could have it in January. They could build it up. There's enough momentum. You just had both of these fighters fight back-to-back -back, uh, a weekend apart. And I think it's a perfect uh, uh, escal escalating uh, drama scene here with us trying to make this fight happen in January, right after the holidays or February maybe. Otherwise, yeah, then letting them go on a card together, let them fight on a card together against their mandatories, and then the winners will definitely fight each other uh, come July, come June, July. So is that, I can live is, with that too. Is that what you think? Um, you think I they think, should do I that? I think that's it. I think that's it. I'm going to say without, you know, there's been enough pussyfooting around with this, and they, 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 they're going to look for some excuse. They're going to look for anything else. That's why I said yesterday, and they could – the moniker could be no excuses. Boom. That's it. Well, it has been. You know, yet. let them do what they got to do. No excuses. Everything else barred. Let them fight it out by mid-year uh, mid, uh, next year, 2018. Well, no excuses has been used. Uh, I, I would, I well, would I bill it. True. I, <laughs> let How me about come back to reality? Whoa, uh, wait, wait. I, wait. I, I, would, I would bill it uh, as, uh, you know, the heavyweight showdown you know uh, of yeah. of the century you know this new century uh, i mean i can't think of a, a bigger showdown in the heavyweight division in the last uh 17 years i mean uh think about it i mean what what i mean what could what could we say i mean i mean prior to this fight the biggest fight in the heavyweight division really was aj against klitschko I mean, Klitschko sure. never really had a huge showdown with it. I, I guess you could say Tyson Fury was a significant fight, but that doesn't have the ramifications or the interest 
that uh, AJ against Deontay has. No, I think this will be one of the best build fights that we've had in a long time in a heavyweight division. Uh, I think it'll be even bigger than uh, Klitschko uh, and uh, Joshua. It's got to be. I, th I believe it will be. Well, I, I mean, I have a tendency to agree with you there. Um, but um, I certainly don't think that this particular fight needs any more <clears throat> marination. Uh, it's there. Say the right word. And, and, I, I get these questions right, don't I? And and uh, and Deontay has said all the right things, you know. He, and yesterday I was reading the quotes that really struck home with me anyway about Deontay. And, you know, they were like, uh, you know, I, I want I want to prove I, I want to fight the best. I want to prove I'm the best. I want to prove it to myself. I want to see if I am the best. And, and I, you know, I can't tell you, Sal. You know, and listen, nobody knows me better than you. And I, I can't tell you, you Sal. And, and your words are very humbling for me to listen to. Well, well I, I know you. Let, let me tell you something. I have <laughs> my level for respect. And I believe that statement. I don't think that. Uh, you know, I believe your statement too, but I, I, I believe I believe Deontay's statement a hundred percent. I don't think that he was just BSing. I think that Deontay Wilder truly was honest when he said that he wants to see for himself. And to me, Sal, you know how that means a lot to me because in today's boxing and 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 in all sports, really. Um, we don't get the honesty. We get a lot of propaganda type stuff. We get a lot of, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. He said this. She said that. We're going to prove this. We're going to do that. But but very rarely do we get 100% honesty. And I got to tell you, I think that was truly words from Deontay Wilder's heart. And I believe him. And I believe that he wants to see and slash prove that he's the best, or in the other order. I want to. I, I think he wants to prove slash see if he's the best. I do too, and I think that's what was so uh, re revealing about that statement because, you know, you have often suggested right here on air that that Deontay Wilder most likely believes he is the best and he is really ready to fight anybody and he wants to fight anybody. But you also add that you know it might be the powers that are around him, the, the decision makers that are you know baiting him along and, and keeping him fed and keeping him happy and keeping him fat and and uh, you know postponing the inevitable, which should be the Anthony Joshua showdown. So with that being said, I think he called it out to say, "Hey, I'm here. I'm ready. I want to prove to the world and to myself that I am the best fighter, the best heavyweight out there today." And I, I applaud him for that. Yeah, I, listen, you know what? And I've been critical of Deontay, and a lot of people are talking about this fight uh, with Stavern, you know, not being on the level, uh, you know, no, Stavern. That's, that's not, well, well, whether it's true or not, all no, right? Whether the only thing was, was Stavern was brought in here for a payday. The guy had no right to really be in the ring. He was absent for two years in a ring. He came in like a blimp, and he was a human punching bag. So, you know, while I give Deontay Wilder credit, it was credit that he got rid of a, a, a bum in a month, and I'm, I'm sorry, Stavern, but you know what? He had no right showing up into a into a, into a fight like that. No, yeah. Listen, listen. Uh, but but it like I said, uh, uh, you know, uh, that aside, that aside, we we all agree that that. <laughs> 
that he showed up like a blimp. And uh, we all, we all, like you said yesterday, we also said that a heavy bag comes in better shape than he did, and a heavy bag fights back more than he did. We all agree with that. But but you ever see a heavy the bag swing back, or when you send it one way, bam, it bounces you right off. It's a hundred pounds. I, I'll tell you what, I've never seen a heavy bag come in that fat. And and I don't want to hear a heavy bag next time say, hey, I was a, I used to be a sand-filled bag. Now I'm a water-filled bag. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm a little dehydrated. dehydrated. You know, you know but, but no, I, I think that I think that with that aside, even if you want to look at the negativity, right, with all of that aside, the truth of the matter is that, you know, Deontay did what he was supposed to do. He took care. Hey, listen. Stavern did not show up prepared. He didn't train. It was obvious. He was fat. He was this. He was that. He didn't want to fight. He wanted to pay day. All those reasons. And rather than let him stick around, Deontay took him out. And Which and that's what you're supposed to do. That's, that's but but that's what you're supposed to do, Sal. Absolutely. You know, I, you're one hundred percent right. No, I, no. I can tell you stories. I won't tell them now, but what? I can tell you stories, and you're at 100% right. Well, let me ask you Otherwise, this. you're going to stink up the whole show. Let me ask, well, hey, what did you eat yesterday? Let, let, me, uh, let, me, let me ask yeah. you this. People were critical of AJ in his last fight against Carlos Takam. Should, should we compare the two? I mean, Takam clearly was in good shape, and he posed a totally different uh, you know, opponent and, and, and game plan for AJ. But most of us believe that AJ should have taken Takam out of there pretty quickly, too. And he didn't. How do we compare those two fights? That's a good question. I'll tell you. Takam to came. He came in to fight. But, you know, after Joshua dropped him early in the fight, I really was surprised that the fight went on as many rounds as it did afterwards. I kind of felt I had this feeling that AJ probably could have done away with Takam at any time. But uh, he let it go and uh, kept going. So maybe he couldn't or maybe he just wanted to get the workout in or put on display or do whatever he wanted to do. But I thought Tukam was going to be out of there early, especially after he dropped him. What was that the second round? I don't uh, know. But, well, uh, that, that knocked down. The, the, the first it was a flash knockdown. Yeah, he, yeah. He, wasn't, yeah, he wasn't really hurt per se, but he definitely got caught off guard. I thought AJ, as we suggested to reflect back, you know, could have jumped on him, but I think in his experience, and remember, AJ, I hate to say it, is learning with all these different experiences and fights. Hey, he jumped on Glitchko, and look what happened. He got dropped the next round because he was so tired. So I think he learned, and he, he took his foot off the pedal a little bit and just uh, tried to dismantle to calm methodically and hurt him. And I think that was a good approach. Hey, he, he won. A win is a win, like I always say. Ever say that? No, yeah. a win, a win is <laughs> a win is yeah. You do, always, you do always say that, but uh, yeah, a, a win is a win, no doubt. You know, but obviously people are dissecting and they, you know everything. Yeah, they else. Would. And now, now I think I think in, in you know when you look at the whole body of works, I think that you know AJ a, AJ has a has a better resume, even though he has substantially less fights. He has a better resume than Wilder, um, you know, and, and that's a fact. Uh, the fact that Wilder wants to fight. And, and you know, the, the problem that we have now is AJ wants to fight and Wilder wants to fight. Um, I think that's great. Well, well, the only bad part is you got <laughs> but, other... There's a butt. Yeah, it is. Imagine that, a, a butt, butt in boxing. A big but, butt. But, but the problem, really, 
is that there's other people involved other than the fighter. You know, if it was just up to Wilder and AJ, this fight would have happened already. But it's not. You know, you got you got promoters that have to make decisions. You have management that has to make decisions. You have television networks have, that have to make decisions. And all of those people, when you add it all together, it equals money. And the, 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 the problem is that one side wants to be the A side. They both want to be the A side. They both want to make the most amount of money. So how much of a stumbling block will it be? How long will it take to close the deal? And in the meantime, if, if the sides are so far apart, what happens is they say, well, listen, we're not going to wait around and, and spend the next five, six months negotiating. We're going to fight so-and-so. You know, and, and that's where your idea yesterday makes a lot of sense, especially if both fighters come in, put on great performances in the UK. Because let's face it, there's one thing I don't think is, is, should be an argument or a discussion. The fight, the showdown, so to, so to speak, and that would be a good title, uh, the, the like heavyweight that. showdown. Um, you know, uh, the showdown, so to speak, will take place in England. It makes no financial sense to take place any place else, Sal. No, I, I you know what? I think it would be one heck of a showcase over in England. You know what? You have both these heavyweight combatants and you'll have Tyson Fury open up the show with a four rounder. No I'm teasing. Ten round ten rounder. And let's see what he he can do and how he looks and, and he'll certainly have enough time to train and yeah, I think it'll be a, the night of heavyweights. When he when heavyweights rule, that's 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 a new one. Yeah, that's great. I like that. I just think, you know, I think it's great. I, I think, like I always say, you know, boxing, uh, these, the promoters, and I think Bob Arum coined it, but the marination process, I, I don't agree. I don't agree with with that. Maybe, maybe, maybe a little bit. Maybe a little, little bit. I agree, but at this point. That fight can't get any bigger than it is right now. Um, he said, and he said, and she said, and she said, and, and, you know, I'm the best, you're the best, he's the best, you know. Um, it's all been said. The fans want it. The fighters want it. The promoters want it. The networks want it. They all have to get on the same page. Um, and, and then the, the, the main point here that I want to make is that a fight of this magnitude there's another one that'll move into the spot that will be in demand after this one. You know, it, this isn't the only fight in the heavyweight no. division. And, and, and the beauty of boxing is once you have that showdown fight between two guys that are on a collision course, another guy pops up into the picture. So sure. to let it wait and marinate makes no sense. No, it doesn't. And e even when they tried to get the, the, the third fight, finally completed between Roberto Duran and Sugar Ray Leonard. I thought that was a year or two too late. You know, but that's the whole thing, the marination process, this and that. It's hot now. The fans want it now. So let's deliver it now. Well, I agree. I agree. It, it's ready now. Hold that thought. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, I got some quotes that you got to laugh at. You'll see what I mean in a minute. I'll be back. Billy C. We'll be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing 
but that's my face. I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. And uh, before we went to break, I promised you, Sal, that uh, I had some quotes that were going to uh, make you laugh. It's going to make you laugh. Okay. <laughs> the comedy hour. Yeah. Um, now, we had uh, WBC uh, uh, Prez on uh, Mauricio Suleiman not too long ago. And I sure. thought it was a great interview. And uh, Mauricio said some great stuff. And, um, yeah, I respect him uh, for, for the most part. Uh, but sometimes the business of boxing, and, and let's, let's make no mistake, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, and children of all ages, let's, let's make no mistake, all right? And, and, and I know they're going to try to paint it and spin it a different way, but, but sanctioning bodies are in business to make money. Would you agree with that, Sal? 100% true, and that's the whole thing. Boxing is a business. And let me let me ask you another question. How do sanctioning bodies make their money? Well, by uh, sanctioning fees exactly. and other avenues and other facets of well well we we Did don't want to get, get right we, we don't want to get into the other ways they get the money <laughs> in those gonna, in, in those, in those well. envelopes you know like what can you what 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 can you put in this hand to make me make your guy uh <laughs> number one contender with the other let, let, we won't say that but <laughs> uh but 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 most of the time their revenue stream is from sanctioning fees that's correct you 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 were right on that Thank you very much. Uh, and your and your and your your uh, <clears throat> pointing to other things was also correct. But anyway, um, you know Mauricio Suleiman, um, although he says all the right things most of the time, is no different. They make their money from sanctioning fees. Um, so it, it it makes you wonder sometimes: Do the big cheeses of the sanctioning bodies? basically act like Bob Arum stated one time. Uh, oh, I was lying yesterday. But today, I'm telling you, I'm telling the truth. I swear, you know. Um, so so with that said, Sal. Yes. Um, Deontay Wilder, WBC World Heavyweight Champion, and ringside on Saturday was Mauricio Suleiman, who was, uh, you know, there for uh, for the WBC, representing the WBC. And right after the fight, Mauricio Suleiman uh, had uh, some things to say. And let, let me read you his quote. Mauricio Suleiman, after Deontay Wilder knocked out Bermain Stavern, said, and I quote, What a statement by our proud WBC heavyweight champion Deontay Wilder. While a few chose to criticize and question Stavern, I praise Wilder. He's athletic, he's strong, and he's fast. I have not seen a heavyweight throw that jab 
with such sharpness and precision since Larry Holmes. Stavern was timing the jab and was moving his head very well, waiting for the right movement a moment to counter. Then came a bomb. The right hand, which connected right on the chin, drew Stavern's gloves, and down he went. Wilder stood over him, screaming, get up, which made me remember Ali, but Wilder screamed with such fury and anxiety, it was no show. This was real. Stavern got up and was dropped again and then again. A first-round knockout, just like the good old times of Mike Tyson. So this past Saturday night, I saw three elements from legendary Hall of Fame fighters, Muhammad Ali, Larry Holmes, and Mike Tyson, all in one in Deontay Wilder. The heavyweight division is back. Wow. Well, before I say anything, uh, what's your thoughts on, on that statement? That is a loaded uh, statement that, uh, well, I I mean, I, I got to give him kudos. I mean, he said all the right things. It reminds me of the uh, movie The Godfather when Michael Corleone says to Fredo, hey, Fredo, you're telling me all the right answers, but none of the ones I want to hear. I mean, let's, let's, let's be precise here. Uh, he is propping his... Uh, sanctioning bodies world champion all the kudos he can give him and uh you know i think he's he's putting a little sugar on the cornflakes why not it's what they do they market they do what they have to do they talk it uh but that's a hell of a, hell of a quote and hell of a statement uh i don't know if yet we can classify or put in the category uh deontay wilder in the likelihood of the world class uh reigning professionals as a muhammad ali Larry Holmes and Michael Tyson. So uh, that's that's a statement. That's uh, that's a big one, and I might be a little premature, but guess what? It works for this given moment, and I will let that pass. Sugar on the cornflakes. That's more sugar than every bakery in the United States uses on a daily basis. That is complete BS. I mean, listen. That too. No disrespect. I just spent 25 minutes giving Deontay Wilder kudos, and I meant it. And I I I want to see Deontay Wilder do well, and I mean it. But the truth is, is Deontay Wilder, no disrespect to Deontay, is nothing even close to resembling... Larry Holmes's jab, Muhammad yeah. Ali standing over his opponent. He's referring to when Ali knocked out yeah. my man, Sonny Liston, and Mike Tyson's explosive power knocking somebody out in the first round. Are you kidding me, Mauricio? I mean, I, listen. I know he's trying to promote. I know he's trying to, you know, uh, make his heavyweight champion look like it's the real deal. But he chose the worst three names he could mention to compare Larry Holmes. Muhammad Ali and Mike Tyson to Deontay Wilder, please. That is such a incorrect statement. I mean, give kudos. Kudos are deserving here in 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 Deontay Wilder's case. But you're gonna mention Larry Holmes, Muhammad Ali, and Mike Tyson as reminding you of these guys? Are you kidding me? A fighter who's yet to step in the ring with anybody substantial. Uh, Muhammad Ali fought everybody that was available to him in his in his era, and then some. He fought them multiple times. You know, Larry Holmes, you know, people criticize, including, including myself, he came at the end of an era, 
but he dispatched everyone in front of him. And the same is true with Mike Tyson. They came at the end of an era where there wasn't a big crop of heavyweights like Ali benefited from uh, to uh, really have the right dance partners. But uh, come on, you can't compare these guys. Larry Holmes has one of the best jabs in the history of boxing. And although I think that Deontay Wilder really looked good and sharp, and I enjoyed him using his jab, thanks to Mark Breland. Are you going to compare it for the second time in his in his career using a jab second time? And you're going to compare it to Larry Holmes? I mean, come on. You're going to compare his explosive punching power because he knocked one guy out in the first round to Mike Tyson, who you'd gut up to take a leak in a fight and the fight's already over. They're already back at their dressing room. I mean, come on. And, and forget about Ali, Muhammad Ali. You know, uh, the greatest, uh, in, in many people think the greatest heavyweight of all time. I mean, a guy that proved it time and time and time again. And keep in mind, for the three years of his prime, wasn't even fighting. He was in exile. So, I mean, come on. How can you compare it with those three? Bad choice of names, Sal, in my opinion. <laughs> well, well, here, here's another analogy that's going to really get under your skin. Not that I want to agitate or antagonize you here with this, but, you know, for him using the Ali, uh, uh, flexing his muscle in his arm over, standing over Sonny Liston uh, the way he did, like, come on up, get up, get up. I'm going to finish you off even better, you know. Uh, him using that analogy would almost refer to uh, Tavern to be the Sonny Liston, and that's not – the case oh, and that yeah, was not please. the case but you know when Sonny Liston fought Muhammad Ali he was the big bad bear he was supposed to win that fight he was the A side he was the B he was a, a fighter that you know everybody feared and he was uh, in his own right just a just a real tough guy to even uh, walk out of the ring with on your feet and uh, so for Muhammad Ali to do what he did over a legend like, uh, like uh, Sonny Liston you know, at that time, I think that's what prompted his whole thing. Come on, I'm here, I'm here, get up. And no way was Stavern anywhere in any shape, way, or form uh, a Sonny Liston figure. Listen, Sonny Liston lost to Muhammad Ali because of one reason, and that reason was because of the fact that he thought he was a nutcase and that the, uh, you know, all the shenanigans that Ali pulled leading up to that fight affected Sonny Liston mentally and threw yeah. him off his game. Hey, it is what it is. I it's mean, a psychological I, war, and, and Ali was master of that. You know that. And and Ali didn't just beat him once. He beat him twice. Twice. You know, and he knocked him out twice. So, I, I mean, it is what it is. But, know. you know, to, to when he's when when uh, Wilder was over, Stavern yelling at him to get up, um, you know, <laughs> to compare that to Ali and Liston is a joke. But well, I could also, yeah. and just to pause. How about for a the minute. ref jumping on him, like <laughs> Art McCanny Jr. when he's carrying him around the ring on his back, like he was, uh, you know, <laughs> like a like... horse. You know, I mean, come on, Art McCanny Jr. has no business being in that uh, high-profile fight. Uh, not, not yet. I mean, he's. I will give him credit. He has come back. I mean, the guy was awful. But uh, anyway, hold that thought. We're gonna take a short break. When we come back. I got some more from Mauricio Suleiman. Uh, not quite as uh, impactful, but interesting nonetheless. We'll be back in two. 
Billy C will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Uh, Glad you could be with us today. And we're talking about uh, Anthony Joshua Berman Stavern's fight. But really, the topic today is uh, actually uh, Deontay Wilder Berman Stavern's fight. Uh, But uh, actually, the main topic today is uh, Deontay Wilder against AJ. Should it happen now or should we wait a fight or two? And um, we got... uh, some good opinions on on both, but Sal, I promised when I went to break that I had another statement um, from uh, from Mauricio Suleiman, who uh, just cracked us up uh, by comparing Deontay Wilder uh, his win um, and his performance to uh, that of Larry Holmes for his jab, Muhammad Ali for standing over Stavern, telling him to get up so he could beat him up some more, and Mike Tyson for his knockout power in one round which we both find uh, pretty comical. But, uh, of course, uh, you know, discussion, especially over the last year at least, has always come back. Anytime you mention AJ, anytime you mention Wilder, uh, the question of are they going to fight each other comes into play. And, of course, uh, Jose Suleiman was asked the same question. Um, You know, what's his thoughts on a unification? And, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Mauricio Suleiman, I'm misspoken mentioned his pop's name jose but uh um mauricio suleiman said and i quote everything is set for wilder versus joshua now of course he uses wilder's name first we all know it should be the other way around but anyway everything is set for wilder joshua wilder told me specifically that he wants to fight anthony joshua next And he's already asked the WBC to do whatever it takes to support the making of this fight. Now it's up to the promoters, the managers, and the TV corporations to make it happen. Both fighters want it. The world wants it. Boxing needs it. Um, I agree with all of that. So do Um, I. I I don't know if it's as simple. You know, what what bothers me when people are talking about, hey, I want to fight. Hey, uh, you know, Deontay says, I want to fight. It's up to AJ. Sign the contract. All you got to do is sign the contract. They leave out an important part. I mean, if they said, I want to fight, but they offered me X and we want Y, and we're not signing to them, I would respect that more than just hearing this side of it, you know, or uh, the same thing on AJ's side. Hey, we want to fight. But we're not ready yet. We want this fight first and that fight second and then this fight. Um, I, I want to hear those words. And so far, we did hear those words from uh, from Team AJ. They said, we want to fight Joseph Parker. You know, uh, we're looking at fighting Tyson Fury. Uh, two big moneymakers for AJ in England. And then uh, we could go for Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder wants to fight now. There's a lot of reasons people think are why he's calling for that fight now. One of them, Sal, is the fact that he's run out of 
bums in a month that he can beat up. And now the only guys left are guys like Dominic Brazil and uh, like uh, like Al Bernstein mentioned, you know, what about uh, Ruiz, Andy Ruiz Jr.? Uh, why isn't he uh, being mentioned? He was uh, ranked above him. And, you know, uh, guys like Amir Mansour, who's been uh, waiting patiently, I mean, why not guys like that? Do you think it's more advantageous for Deontay Wilder to try to cash out money-wise and at the same time he could be hitting lotto if he lands that lucky punch and knocks AJ out and those are all the variables that we will see revealed and possible I mean they're, they're all, they could all happen I think you know like like we said it, it's going to be enough to jeopardize or possibly risk one fight on a cut a broken hand whatever it might take uh, prior to these two combatants getting in the ring with each other so if they're gonna have one fight, let it be meaningful. Let it let it be significant in the sense where you know what, put him in with the Dominic Brazil. Um, that's uh, that's a Deontay Wilder, and let Joshua fight Parker, whatever he's got to do, or uh, uh, whoever. And then uh, let let them showcase, and then let them rightfully get into the ring with each other. And all will be said and done, signed, sealed, delivered, building up the drama, the the anticipation, and the uh, the uh, uh, everything else should be answered that night. I think that would be great. That would be great. Uh, they shouldn't take too much time uh, letting fighters get injured, uh, training, letting fighters do this, postponing that. Let them get, get this on right now. Put the wheels in motion. Yeah, you know, I, I mean... Excuse me. It's 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 a catch twenty two, Sal. It is a catch twenty two. It is, and and you mentioned the other contenders that are waiting on the limbs. All right, guys, we we're, we're here. We want the fight to happen. If this is a precursor that we want to see them have their one last uh, dance with other partners beforehand, then let it be, and let's get this fight on and over with before they slip in some other guy that could, may very well be more even more deserving than than a Dominic Brazil. Or or uh, 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 any other fighter in there. So you know, let let's just do what we say we're gonna do for one time, and get it done. And let everybody else they waited this long. We're gonna wait until there's a new crown champion unified. You know, I I think it it also shows from a financial viewpoint that you know Anthony Joshua has options. Deontay maybe not so many. You know, I I mean when Good you look point. at when, when you look at Anthony Joshua. He's got, I mean, you know, United States ain't all that. I mean, we're not, we're not running the show, right, um, in boxing or pretty much anything these days. But, um, you know, I, I mean, the truth of the matter is, is England has a lot more going on in the sport of boxing than we have here in the States. And with that said, you know, AJ can make a hell of a lot more money. Now, it's we're always supposed to, you know, Floyd Mayweather has has crammed down our throats and, and a lot of young fans buy into his BS that, hey, you know, you should make as much money as you can. Why risk? Why fight tough fights? Make all the money you can. You got a life to live afterwards, which are all true. You know, so why not, in this case, does Anthony Joshua get that, uh, you know, that pass, so to speak, and he's not like he's calling out Bermain Stavern type opponents. He's no. got a guy in Joseph Parker who's a title holder, you know, who's who's undefeated, 
who who uh, many people think uh, you know has is better than than a than uh, Deontay Wilder. He's got another guy in Tyson Fury who beat Klitschko, who's undefeated by the way. Yes, he's a wackadoodle. Yes, he hasn't fought in a while. Yes, he's five thousand pounds at this point. But the truth of the matter is, is that AJ can make a lot of money. You know, probably when all said and done, to fight those two fights, he clears. 25 million uh for two fights you know and then he can turn around and make another 20 million to fight uh Deontay Wilder so I mean you know for a guy to have three fights to make you know 45 50 million dollars uh versus the you know the and we all know that that Deontay Wilder could knock him out with a with a punch and then he loses an opportunity for twenty-five million. Deontay Wilder on the other on the other side of the coin. What big money fights does he have lined up? The guy has not made two million. Two. He has not made two million yet in a fight. Anthony Joshua made close to thirty when all was said and done in his last fight against the Com. You know, those were reports out of England that he made almost thirty million. You know, when all was said and done, that was before all of his expenses and everything else. But but the truth of the matter is, is Deontay Wilder, who's he going to fight? Who else is out there for Deontay Wilder to fight that he's going to make $7 million against? I mean, who? There's nobody. nobody. There's nobody, nobody, right? Nobody. There's, no, there's nobody that significant that's going to demand or draw that kind of revenue uh, for Deontay Wilder to make the money he can make with facing AJ. And, you know, it's a simple across the board. Give AJ 20 million, give Deontay Wilder 10 million. Uh, AJ walks away with a 8 million net maybe, uh, and, and Deontay Wilder. I mean, like I said, boxing's a business. And you know what? If, even if I looked at it monetarily more like a business, I just love to fight. I didn't care what had happened. I, I just wanted to fight. Um, but if I looked at it more as a business, which these guys should do, because tomorrow, you cannot take for granted because you just don't know in the game. You know, you could have an injury. You could get. Uh, you could have a, a, an, an ailment. You could have whatever it might do, might be. Something can happen. So when you are marketable, when you have the ability, when you are on the platform, the stage to make the kind of money you can use to generate and, and, and live a comfortable lifestyle, take advantage of that opportunity today because tomorrow may never happen. That, that's why I think um, Deontay Wilder is so adamant about trying to get that fight next. I think that he realizes or the people around him are telling him that that's his opportunity to make the most money. And like in any fight, Deontay Wilder, just like AJ, takes just as much risk at being knocked out Does. by anybody on any given night and to do it for 1.4 million or or 1.6 or or 1 million, you know, fight some easy fight, all of a sudden get caught and knocked out, and and then to see a, a potential seven to ten million dollar payday get flushed down the toilet, um, I could see very clearly why Deontay Wilder wants that fight now. But when you flip this the coin and you look at AJ, AJ's in the driver's seat. You know, he's got double-digit uh, money-making opportunities for several fights, you know, and, like, uh, it saddens me to even mention it, but like Johnston just said in the chat room, you know, how about David Hay? David Hay, the biggest fraud in boxing, uh, you know, people in England like him still. I don't know why, but, you know, that's a big money fight for, for, for AJ. You know, so if I'm AJ, 
I, I tell you the truth. I fight. Um, I, I I fight one more fight. Uh, I liked your scenario. I I, I fight the uh, Joseph Parker and, and and I try to entice, give him a big payday. Um, Deontay Wilder to come over and fight his mandatory Dominic Brazil in England. And, you know, should both fighters win, which, you know, let's face it, they're not easy fights for either one of these no, guys. they're not. Um, you know, if both fighters win, then you have the showdown next. And then, depending upon what happens, even, even the loser, even the loser of A.J. Wilder has options. They have those fighters we're talking about. They have Tyson Fury. They have a David Hay, potentially. You know, they have an Amir Mansour, an Andy Ruiz Jr. They have those fights available to them. As a matter of fact, they're more viable because you would say, well, listen, you know, you, you, you got a loss. Now you beat this guy and you're back in the mix. And that's a true statement. That's why I'm saying that the fight that people want to marinate all the time, there's always another big fight that everybody wants to see. Absolutely right, Billy C. And I'll tell you another thing. These guys could be set for life. All they got to do is have this fight and have a rematch clause. No matter who loses, they're going to have a chance to get back in the ring and dance again with that partner and make the same money, or if not more, if it's a great fight, you, you don't know. But they should have a rematch clause, which I'm sure they will. Uh, but, you know, that ensures the opportunity, no matter who loses, to get back in the ring and try it again and also have a good payday. Uh, you know, like I said, nothing is promised for tomorrow in the game of boxing or life in general. It doesn't matter what it is. And so, you know what? Let's ensure and sew it up and make sure it happens in 2018. I, I agree. And, uh, you know, the, the, the truth of the matter is, is there's always another fight. Always, and, uh, always. You know, and, and they should maybe, maybe, maybe. They should fight now. Maybe, maybe yeah, with everything maybe. we just said, maybe we don't need to see a preliminary fight. Maybe, you know, AJ and Deontay should get it on right now, as Mills Lane would say. Maybe they should uh, make that fight happen right after the holidays, you know, in the month of January or like you suggest, early February, and, uh, and, and get it over with. Then all those other fights will open up. Each of those fighters will, will have an opportunity. And like you said, a rematch. I, I listen. In all my years managing managing fighters and everything else, when a world title fight comes in, you take it. And if you're the champion, because the champion gets to put the rematch clause in generally, unless you're Canelo Alvarez. Um, and, uh, <laughs> the truth of the matter is, is that you, of course, you put a rematch clause. And in this case, AJ and Deontay are both cha both champions. So therefore, the part of that contract has to have a rematch clause. The unilateral, right? On the contract, you know, They're both going to have the need to have a rematch clause. And and not only that, but you you wonder, you know, bilateral. Now I'm now I'm thinking, you know, I wonder how that works. You know, you have an automatic rematch clause um, for either fighter. The the loser must have the option. The the way it has to be written is the loser of the fight who would have to have had a rematch clause in the contract has the option of making the rematch or not. So in other words, both fighters have a rematch. The loser makes the decision if they want the rematch. Like Klitschko uh, did. Like, like, Klitschko did. like Klitschko did. You know, so, uh, yeah, I, I, say, I say have the, you know, and, and you're right, Sal. You know, they could make the same money um, 
guaranteed two fights, win, lose, or draw. You, you, and, and, in, and in some cases, like they did with Canelo and Triple G, they already have the purses set. They already know what they're making. They already know what's in play for the rematch. They already had it all mapped out. You know, so that could be something that, um, you know, AJ and Deontay do as well. I agree with you 100%, Billy. I think it's a great idea. And uh, these guys should, as Mills Lane say, get on. And uh, let's see what happens. Yeah, well, um, you know, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, We'll see. Uh, and you know what? And one, one other thing, too. Because I, I had to get sold on this, but, but there are, there's no way, shape, or form that I could put up any argument uh, other than AJ's desire and wanting to come to the United States to be showcased in front of the U.S. fans. But, man, let me tell you, he's got he's – got, remember that movie on Golden Pond? He's across the Golden Pond. He's right on the Golden Pond. I mean, fight in the U.K., man. This guy's got a backyard full of uh, – Full of the gold nuggets. That's where the rainbow ends, right there. No, I, the fight, to me, the only reason it would happen in the U.S. is if for some reason A.J. wanted it to. Yeah, um, well, yeah, and, and that's what I'm saying. He may do that. In fact, that could all be mentioned in, in a rematch clause. Uh, you know, hey, we'll have the fight here first, and then if we need to do a rematch, it's going to be, if we, we, we do it, it's going to be in the U.S., so. You know, either way, if he wins, he wins. If he loses, he wins. You know, whatever. Um, getting off the uh, heavyweight uh, topic for a moment here. Um, it was announced yesterday that, uh, and, you know, I, nobody liked Yoriokis Gamboa more than me. I mean, I, it's it's crushed me to see his demise. Um, and not only that, but... I was ringside for for a performance that you know he was booed out of the ring and he he got the win and I was also ringside when uh, he was destroyed. I didn't think that we would see him again, but it was announced yesterday. Now the fight that's taking place November twenty fifth at Madison Square Garden between Sergey Kovalev and uh, uh, Shabransky, which you know has a guy dropped in in desire to see more than Sergey Kovalev. I mean, I don't I know no, anyone. I have no interest. I couldn't care less. I know. And and you know what? You're not the only one, Sal. I don't hear. I, I mean, prior to his second fight with Andre Ward, all you heard about was, uh, you know, from true boxing fans was Sergey Kovalev. He's this, he's that. That's right. After his last And he won that first fight and he needs a rematch. I, I, I know. I was there. It happened last November 20th, I think, or 19th. No, but my, my point is, has anyone dropped? Uh, out of uh, people's interest quicker than him? No, nobody. I was so looking forward to that first fight he had with Andre Ward. And uh, many of us, and we did a long, long post-fight show, and 90% uh, of the callers and 90% of the people felt that uh, that he did, Kovalev did win that fight, you know, by, by a decision. You know, add up the scorecards, Round by round or point by point, it just came out to see that he did squeak it out. Uh, he took his foot off the pedal. All the anticipation, all the reasons, all this and that uh, was going to yield a great second fight. And you know what? The only thing it yielded was that Sergey Kovalev is a quitter, and he was looking for a way out, and he did not uh, have the horsepower or desire or the heart to fight and face Andre Ward to Andre Ward's credit. 
And then, and then to make it worse, he blames his trainer John <laughs> David Jackson. At all. Yeah, you know. But uh, anyway, my could, point, my point is that that's the main event, November twenty fifth. It's going to be interesting to see, um, you know, how much uh, how how they do with ticket sales uh, for that fight. It is going to be on HBO. But anyway, uh, on the co-main event, or at least uh, one of the fights that are going to be uh, on that broadcast, uh, Jason Sosha who's 20 wins, two losses, and four draws, was scheduled to fight uh, Robin Hood Castellanos. That's Robinson Castellanos, uh, who uh, uh, has a not-so-impressive record, but this guy is quite the fighter. I, I love Castellanos. Uh, but apparently, uh, he had to pull out due to an injury, and Yoriorkis Gamboa was named yesterday uh, as the uh, guy who's going to step in uh, and fight uh, uh, Sosha. Um, you know, th- this is another chance for Yoriokas Gamboa, who is a former uh, uh, world featherweight champion. And uh, this particular fight is in the super featherweight division or junior lightweight division, however you want to look at it. Uh, Gamboa now 27-2 and two with 17 knockouts um, has shown that, uh, you know, he doesn't, when he tries to go in and engage, he has no defense. And, and this guy was, uh, his style uh, which he was one of the most successful amateur fighters ever, was great for the amateurs. Um, but what we're finding now is he's got no defense and no chin. Uh, so when he goes in and you know tries to let his hands go, and, and that's the other problem. A lot of these trainers are trying to have him sit down on his punches and, and, and fight in a different style, and he always gets caught, he gets dropped, and then he reverts back to what he knows, all-out assault, and he's getting caught again. I think this is the end of the road for Gamboa. Um, I, you know, I don't know if he's doing this because he's in need of money or if he's doing this because he wants to get back in the limelight. Um, but uh, nonetheless, I would assume that this is uh, Yorikis Gamboa's last chance to get back in the mix because uh, he just has not looked good in his last several fights. What do you think about this, Sal? I think you're one hundred percent right. This is his last chance to uh have the have the significance to market himself and to be on the top level uh in the future. So, you know, I, I, I give him credit and uh hopefully he wants to come back because it's his heart, it's his passion, it's what he wants to do, the desire to re- get a fight of redemption. Uh otherwise if it's in need of money, well then he's got a payday and, and hopefully he'll apply it accordingly and do well afterwards. But uh, either way, uh this could be his last big fight and we're just gonna have to wait and see what happens. And the funny thing is it's not even a huge fight. At no. least he at least he gets on HBO, hopefully. Uh, that's a TV that's a part of a TV broadcast. And I, I think he's got a lot to prove. And I think what you're saying is true. If if he looks good uh, you know, there'll be other doors opening for him. But, uh, hey, listen, let's take a short break. When I come back, uh, we got uh, we got emails to read. I got some sports scores to catch up on. And uh, also a throwback of sorts, the way it used to be for uh, one of the top uh, boxing networks. And uh, I'll explain what I mean in about two. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? 
That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening and watching the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us today. And I uh, hope you're having a, a, a great day. But uh, before we went to break, I wanted to uh, uh, get everybody uh, caught up on some other sports scores over in the NFL. Monday Night Football, the Lions beat the... Pe- what, what are you? What are you? Heavy breathing? What, I got, what, what, what the hell was I, that? I just hope you don't hear the landscapers. Jeez, I, I mean, what, 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 what are you doing? You, you, is this like a, one of those phones? Away. They're buzzing away. Hey, They're trimming away. Hey, hey, I hey, got listen. more motors going on inside I, my head. I just, since I just my want last you. Fight. I just want you to understand that you know this isn't that part-time job you have as a you know sex phone guy. You know, I mean, uh, you know, easy with the breathing. We're going to tell you, you know? about that. One eight hundred numpties. Yeah, one nine hundred. Again, in Monday Night Football, uh, the Lions beat the Packers thirty to seventeen last night. Uh, Lions are getting on the uh, right track. Packers are a different team without Aaron Rodgers. Uh, no question about that. Uh, over in the NBA, uh, we had three games only. Uh, the Celtics beat the Hawks 110-107. Uh, all the games were fairly close. Uh, the Nets uh, beat the Suns 98-92. Uh, they're still in trouble, though, my Nets. Uh, the Warriors, uh, the biggest uh, deficit of all the games played yesterday, uh, topped the Heat. They beat the Heat 97-80, a uh, 17-point win there. Over in the NHL, the Bruins uh, beat the Wild 5-3. The Maple Leafs beat the Vegas Golden Knights 4-3 in a shootout. Uh, the Rangers beat the Blue Jackets 5-3. The Capitals over the uh, Coyotes in overtime 3-2. The Jets over the Stars 4-1. And the Red Wings held, held off the Canucks 3-2 uh, uh, in that one. Uh, I have an email here, Sal. Uh, you ready? I am ready. Let's do it. Love um, email. This one's from Jesse, my man Jesse. He says, uh, hey, Billy C. and Sal. Uh, Billy, I liked the Wilder. Uh, I like Wilder versus Dominic, and Parker versus AJ, and then the winners facing each other. Good fights, but Wilder and Joshua should prevail. But Dominic is tough. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of thoughts uh, in that run-on sentence you got there, Jess. But uh, you know, not that I'm an English teacher. I moiter the English language. But uh, uh, but the truth of the matter is is that uh, we've been talking about that uh, all day, uh, all show, I should say. Um, you know, in the heavyweight division, Sal, you've said it uh, many, many times, uh, one punch can end the night. And, you know, to drag it on, I mean, you know, both of these guys are in a position right now, and I'm meaning both guys, meaning AJ and Deontay Wilder, are both in a position where, you know, their mandatories or the fighters that they have on their radar are not easy outs. Joseph no. Parker, although I think AJ can handle him fairly easily, is not an easy out. Uh, Dominic Brazil, slow, methodical, uh, not as much uh, um, you know skill as uh, as uh, Deontay has, but not an easy out. This guy has got a granite chin and he's got some pop. So um, 
I, I give them credit if they fight a preliminary fight first. I, I really do. And, and I'm okay with it if it's those opponents. If it's Anthony Joshua against Joseph Parker and a, a Deontay Wilder against Dominic Brazil, and then the winners fighting each other, and if they fight on the same card like you uh, suggested the other day, I'm all for that. But if it's any other opponent, including Tyson Fury or David Hay for uh, uh, AJ and anyone else uh, for uh, Deontay, I have a problem with that. What, what do you think? I think you, man, Billy, you just, that's thats the clause, pal. That's the Santa clause. I'm telling you, you said it right on the head. There is no other fight more significant, and I, that's what I'm saying, showcase both these fighters on the same card with their fights, have Tyson Fury do a preliminary, and you, know, you want to throw in something else for, for the lighter guys? Put Sean Porter in with Keith Thurman or, or somebody else. But the bottom line is, you know, this will be a stellar card just as it is with those three heavyweight fights. And, uh, you know, Tyson Fury, of course, looking on. But, no, if they can't fight their prospective opponents that we mentioned, Dominic Brazil and Parker, then you know what? They should go right at each other right now. Why take a chance and why step aside for uh, anyone less significant than these two heavyweights fighting those opponents? So I think that he's, the deal has to be put right in force right now. Let them fight these two respective uh, contenders. Uh, and if it's anybody else, but forget about it. Let these two guys get in a ring right now and dance with each other the way they should. Porter, you mean Captain I mean, Caveman? <laughs> Porter, that guy? Uh, speaking of which, um, Sean like Porter, Sean uh, uh, according to Jesse, this is Jesse's email, he says, uh, Sean Porter deserves a big fight against either Thurman, Crawford, or Spence Jr., or maybe even Horn versus Gary winner. I like Porter's heart, his willingness, and toughness, but his technique is horrible. That may prevent him uh, winning against the top guys. He's too wild and lunges with his punches. He needs to be more compact and short with his punches. I agree with that. I mean, you're not going to change this, this guy at this point. Um, they should have brought in someone else to help his pops a couple of years ago uh i think he's a little too far gone it is what it is this is what you get when you get sean porter and i think that that would prevent a guy uh like thurman or crawford or even spence from fighting him not that they're afraid of him but his style his wildness could cause a headbutt that could hurt them down the road. You know, people don't understand that, Sal. You know, these guys that that get an unintentional headbutt and then get criticized, it's not the fight that they're in that really affects them with the headbutt. I mean, sometimes it does if it's if it's, you know, so hard that it makes them dizzy and and you know, they can't perform if it's so uh, gruesome that the, the the fight goes to the scorecards or whatever. But the reality of a of a, a serious head clash is the fights that take place down the road. That scar tissue that the, the skin becomes weak on on the you know on the outsides of the scar, not the scar itself. But now scar you know, feels stronger, right? The scar is stronger, but but the skin around it. So that it's that becomes important. susceptible of opening up every fight after that. So you know if you're a a young gun like uh, Terrence Crawford, uh, Errol Spence, or even Keith Thurman, for that matter. You know, why risk a future? I mean, look, we're talking about Thurman against Spence or Crawford against Spence or Thurman. Those are the fights. Uh, 
I love Sean Porter. Don't get me wrong. You know I do. But this guy is out of control. I mean, this is, you know, he takes he takes a brawler to a new level. And it's hard to watch. Even as I'm a fan of Sean Porter, it was extremely hard to watch him fight Granados on Saturday. I don't know. I loved watching him. For, I, I, it was it was easy for me because, I, like I said, I respected his overwhelming, swarming style of, and just his, his aggressive nature, his heart, his mental toughness, and just his desire to win and throwing punches from all angles. And, yes, they, they he missed a few. And, uh, like I said, it's like practicing with the punch pads and going to the ring, pretending punch pads are still up there. You know, you're throwing those punches. If you're going to throw one, two, and three, you land one. Well, he does come back with four, five, six, and he'll land one of those too. So, you know, I, I love his heart, love his desire, love his conditioning. So here's a guy, he may be limited in other areas. But he's accentuating, accentuating his assets and properly doing so. And with that being said, you got you got somebody in here now that wants to come on board and say, hey, we're going to make you more of a boxer. We're going to have you look and do this. It's not going to be the same fighter. You're going to ruin him. And uh, you could teach him defense, slip a few punches now and everything else, and, and that's great. Or parry a few punches, do a little more fainting and, and be a little more direct. But if you're going to try and change his whole style, he's going to be shot. This is what works for him. He's molded in it. He's got his conditioning, which is very unique, and, and uh, not everyone could punch bell to bell for the length of a fight the way he can. And uh, he can also endure that kind of punishment. And uh, I think, I think he's got to, he's got to be always the fighter he is, and just enhance and streamline where he can a little bit with defense and maybe a few feints thrown there a few times, and then let him unleash his brawl and his overwhelming style of swarming on a fighter. Because that does wear you out physically, mentally, and I think it works for him, so let it be. That's his style, and let's say you know he, he's probably midway, if not the last quarter of his career right now. I can't argue with anything you just said. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I, I love oh, no, 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 Sean I Porter. I, you know, it's just that... When you watch him fight like that, and you know, it, it's 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 hard. It's, you, it's you hard. Like no, you're, yeah. <laughs> you're right. It's a workout to watch it. Like, you know, I, I mean, it's like, geez, you know, and and you're right. You know, he's like lightning, not his hands. Virtual reality, you know. I always say Sean Porter punches like lightning, not because he's so fast, because he never hits it the same spot twice. You know, you know, if if they say, oh, hit that spot again, he's like, what spot was that? I don't even know what, what spot that? I hit. What you know, but I don't know. I just think from the other side, Thurman and Crawford and Spence Jr., as uh, as Jesse mentions, uh, they got to be saying to themselves, man, you know, isn't there somebody else I can fight? I mean, uh, you know, this guy's crazy. But, you know, to tell you the truth, you know, the Jeff the Horn, if Jeff Horn uh, obviously is going to, you know, he's got a, a somewhat easy fight coming up against Gary. But um, the bottom line is that Jeff Horn and Sean Porter would be an interesting fight. Um, because that I'm not, be. I'm not really sold on Jeff Horn. I think that Manny I'm, Pacquiao took him lightly, and there's a lot of rumor that Manny Pacquiao and Floyd are going to fight again. Floyd, Floyd is still not out of his tax problem. Um, he, <laughs> he just he's, created a new one. Well, he, he's going to have a new one in another <laughs> 18 months. So uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, uh, you know, that's so funny, Billy. I'll tell you. I don't know if I could wait and endure another Pacquiao uh, Mayweather fight, but uh, uh, Sean Porter, 
I think he's dangerous. I think all opponents will be cautious or will be hesitant to sign for a Porter fight because of his style. But I'll tell you one thing right now. I think uh, I think that uh, the welterweight division, you have enough talent out there that uh, you could make a lot of fighters, uh, a lot of fights out of these pool of great fighters. And I think Errol Spence is probably the best of all of them right now. I think Errol Spence could beat every one of them. Well, you know, Thurman, Thurman has fought Thurman's the better. Good. He's a boxer. He's great. But he's fought the better opposition. He has. You know? he and, has. and and, and I, listen, I'm not disputing. That's the next fight I want to see is Thurman and Spence. Well, I'm not disputing uh, Spence's, uh, you know, his abilities because he, he clearly has them. Um, but, uh, but you know, credit what credit's due. Keith, uh, Keith Thurman has fought the better fights. And as Coach just mentions in the chat room, that the WBO has already inserted Terrence Crawford as part of their deal uh, as the mandatory for uh, Jeff Horn, so oh. uh, they're moving on without uh, they're moving on without uh, Manny Pacquiao, which is fine. But uh, what bothers me about that is the fact that Terence Crawford has not fought at welterweight yet. You know, and that's I, agree. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love nobody loves Terence Crawford more than me. You, I like Terence Crawford because he's he shows you the sweet science and he's not afraid to engage. Uh, so I, I love Terrence Crawford, but I just think when fighters move up a weight class that they should be forced to fight at least one fight in that weight class. And I'm not even saying that he's got to go after a killer, but somebody at 147, why get a fast track? It's just not fair to the other fighters who have been working hard, and that's where my, my problem lies. But anyway, um, Jesse says, uh, I like Bivol, but I don't know if he can beat guys like Sullivan, uh, Oleksandr, uh, Godzik. Or, or maybe even Murat, uh, maybe he would be better off against Stevenson or Alvarez. Stevenson, I've heard that name before. Is he still active in the, in the light heavyweight division, uh, Adonis Stevenson? Because he's a fraud. Uh, I, I have no interest in seeing that bum. Um, uh, you know, Elder Alvarez. Uh, you know, I, I, I kind of agree with Jesse about, I, I don't agree about Sullivan. Uh, you know what I do agree with? I don't, I, don't, I don't know what to agree with, but I do agree. <laughs> yeah, let's agree. Let's, let's, agree. let's agree on something. I do agree that that Dimitri Bivol needs to fight a big name. Um, you know, Dax made the statement yesterday. Oh, he's the best in the in the division. You know, and uh, uh, all this stuff. Uh, you know how how can how can he be the best when he's eleven and zero now or twelve and zero? I mean, you know, and he hasn't really fought anybody. Uh, yes, he's impressive, but he hasn't gone. I mean, yes, he's gone the distance a couple of times, but he hasn't been in a knockdown drag out fight. I, I agree with Jesse here, Sal. I think he needs to fight one of these guys. Uh, I think he could beat them, but he needs to fight them. You know, uh, I hate to bring his name up again, but Mayweather made uh, had a lot of success with convincing people he could beat a fighter and not have to fight him. He, he made people think that he could beat him so easily that there's no need to fight him. And it's I don't want that to... fight. What's that? It was a virtual fight. Right. Well, that's in his mind. He, in my mind, he was a virtual champion. But uh, the, tr the truth of the matter is, is that just because you say you can beat somebody, and just because the, the masses believe you can beat somebody, doesn't mean you shouldn't fight him. And I, and I agree with Jesse here. I think Bivol uh, should go after uh, one of these uh, more... Uh, polished or well-known uh, light heavyweights. Uh, I, I agree there. What, what's your thoughts? 
I, I I agree with him too, and I agree with you. And but but I will tell you this: I I think what you hit on the head earlier, exactly with going up to weight class. I think any fighter, it's a slap in the face and insult to everybody else ranked in the top ten, able to fight for the world title, having somebody uh, come up a weight class just to go in front of the champion right in his next his first fight in that weight division. I think there should be a rule in the books where that fighter moving. Even 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 if he is a world champion, moving up to another weight class, he should at least have one fight against one of the top ranked contenders in the top ten before he earns that number one spot to fight the uh, the champion. Yeah, I agree. I think something like that, something no. built around that, should should first take place. Because him coming up and and automatically saying, "Hey, I'm a welterweight now, and I'm going to fight for the title," I, I think is a slap in the face. Well, I, I don't think it's fair to the other fighters working. Well, no, it's not. And, and That's this what I'm is, saying. Slap to them. Yeah, because, you know, when you're – I mean, I've been in you, – you've been in the trenches, and I've been in the trenches from the management advisor's uh, uh, standpoint where, I, I, you know, you're working hard, you're, you're playing psychiatrist with the, with the fighters, you know, hey, hang in there. You know, the next fight is going to be, uh, you know, a gateway for us, et cetera, et cetera. And then something like this happens – where you're, you're waiting for that phone call. Next thing you know, uh, a guy in a lower weight class who's established just jump leapfrogs over you and everybody else, and, and he's getting the shot. He's getting the call. And, you know, it's disheartening for a young fighter. And at some point in time, they say to themselves, you know, why am I doing it? Why, why, am, I, why am I holding down two jobs, working in the gym, getting my ass kicked uh, when I'm not even getting the opportunities, you know? Uh, so, yeah, I, I think it's... Uh, the long-term ramifications on the sport are no good. But um, anyway, Jesse, his last comment was, uh, do you think the Lewis Neary versus Villanueva fight was stopped too early? Villanueva uh, seemed okay, even though he was in trouble. You know, I, I've, I've, I've really tried to change my stance on being critical of referees who stop fights, which appear to be too early. Um, in lieu of, uh, even though I'm totally against this whole movement of safety first, we got to be safe. Can't tackle a quarterback. Can't hit in the face. We're going to box if we can't hit in the face. You know, uh. e even though I'm critical of that, I don't think any of us should be critical of a referee who stops a fight. They see, we got to assume, that they see closer up front more than and better than we do. Even if you're sitting ringside, you're not in the ring with the ref. I think it's better to stop a fight too soon than too late. However, I do believe that the referees in the sport of boxing need to be revisited. I think that the criteria to become a referee and the um, time you must spend on the lower ranks to, to become proficient uh, to, to referee a professional fight needs to be revisited, just like the judging process of how to become a judge, uh, and, and quite honestly, even as a, a, a trainer. I think all of that needs to be revisited, and some type of education has to be put in place, you know, uh, because we're getting rah-rah men as trainers, we're getting incompetent uh, judges, and we're getting referees like Gary Rosado the other day, who slapped around the fighters worse than they were slapping each other around. Um, I, I mean, I can't stand it. You know, those aspects of refereeing and judging and training need to be revisited. 
but the decision to stop a fight, I think that once a referee has earned the right to, to, to referee a professional fight, they also have earned the right to make that call. What do you think, Sal? I think that's right. And I think, you know, a big, big important thing about that is also maybe uh, consulting well, first with the fighter. Are you okay? And do you know where you are? You know, are you, you know, how many fingers I have up, you know, holding up? Th- those are all valid questions. Four? And, uh, because if you have a concussion, you're going to lose your, your, uh, uh, your memory uh, sporadically or, or so right then and there. But the bottom, you could. But, but bottom line is, uh, you know, it's it's definitely safety first for the fighter because it is a devastating blow that could end one's life or, or cripple them forever for the rest of their life. And I agree that I'd rather see a fight stop too soon than too late when it's that dire, when it looks like it's going to be uh, inevitable that he's going to lose anyway. But I think there should be some things put in motion uh other than just asking the fighter. He's got to articulate and he's got to convince. He's got to sell the referee that he is okay. He desires to fight. And maybe flesh in and look in the corner of a ringside physician, although I don't know who's going to want that liability either. But, you know, hey, should we let this continue? Uh, hey, you know, you just gave me an idea. I think I want to become a referee or, or a judge. Maybe I'll go to judge. I didn't go to law school, but I still want to become a judge. Um, here come the judge. Here come, here the, come judge. the judge. Here come like the judge. Flip Look at Will- everyone. That here was, come the judge. Wasn't that Flip Remember Wilson? That? that was Flip Wilson. That was either Flip Wilson and that was uh was that laughing? Yeah, that was Rowan. Was and it laughing? It was laughing. Here come the I judge. Think it was Rowan and Martin's laughing. Here come uh, okay. the judge. Okay. Here come the judge. Right. Look at everybody. Here I know Geraldine judge. was fl- I used to love Flip Wilson. Uh, whatever Flip happened Wilson. to Flip Whatever That's happened man. to him? He, I'll tell you, I love Flip Wilson. Uh, I wonder how many comedians he inspired too. That uh, that rose and had a great uh, yeah. Great but you know career. the th- the thing about Flip Wilson was he had his show, and I don't remember yes, anything. Did. I don't remember anything after that. I gotta look into that. I gotta look because no, look I, into I, that. That's a trivia question, not yeah. boxing, but it's a trivia. I loved Flip Wilson. Hmm. Me but, too. Uh, it was great. But anyway, um, you know it's, it's not funny, but. You know, uh, okay, fighter, you know, you just got knocked down. How many fingers am I holding up? Well, Mr. Referee, which hand are you talking about? Do you want me to add them all up? You know, uh, you're out. You're, you've seen, yeah. you know, you're, you know you're seen one of the, like I said, there's got to be something put into some motion. Because you know what? If a fighter still feels he can fight, he, you got to prove that uh, that uh, he still has his wherewithal and that he wasn't uh, given a blow that could make him uh, think differently or, or, or give him a concussion or, or he lost his memory. You know, I still reflect back often. And I've said it here maybe more than once. One of the one of the funniest lines uh, was uh, on ESPN on Thursday night with the ESPN championship bout. I think it was uh, uh, Ron Barkley fighting. Uh, who was it? Now I forgot the guy he fought. Oh, Broadax uh, Broad, James Broadax Broad. And and I think Barkley dropped him or somebody he he was he was hurt and he comes back to the corner, he's barely hanging on, and the referee has him Do you know where you are? Yeah, I'm in one hell of a fight. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> um <laughs> that was, hey, you know what? And he went out there the next round. I think he knocked the uh, knocked the guy out. If it was Barkley. Flip. But that was a, a one moment on ESPN that I will never forget. Um, Flip Wilson, just to set the record straight, uh, died in 1998 of liver cancer uh, at 65 years old. 
he he was the one that did Geraldine, and then remember, yes, the devil yes. made me do it. You know, hey Geraldine, yes, the you know, devil the devil made me do it. Yeah, That's the devil, right, the the devil, devil made, made me do it, and uh, oh, he was man. good. Hey, listen, boys and girls, if you've never seen or heard of Flip Wilson, uh, punch him up. There's plenty YouTube, of video clips man. up on He's YouTube. Worked. And Flip Wilson was uh, was a class act uh, in, in the sixties and seventies. Uh, really I loved uh, loved watching his shows. I can't believe he's uh, been dead that long, almost twenty years. Nineteen ninety eight. Anyway, we lost him too young at sixty five. That's for sure. Thirty um, especially because you and I are approaching those years. Yeah, I know. Well, the older you get, you know, you see you see a guy in the in the in the uh, obits, you know, ninety five years old, and I say to myself, "Geez, he had his whole life in front of him." You know, <laughs> he died so young. You know, I mean, hey, what, what I'm, I'm I'm shooting for a hundred. I, I I've been saying since I was a kid, I want to do a hundred push ups on my hundredth birthday. That's did, did you see the guy the other day? I um hundred ten. 107 World okay, War II vet close. was at uh what was it was it I think it was a football game uh they had a World War II vet 107 um, bless, and man. uh he looked good he was in a wheelchair but uh, he looked good in that wheelchair but uh hey I, I the last guy in a wheelchair I remember well that's not true but I I'll never forget the image of Joe Lewis wheeling him out uh for a world title fight in Vegas in a wheelchair with his big hat on and uh I, I I remember watching it, thinking he was in his 80s or 90s, and and come to find out he was only his 60s. The guy was in his oh, 60s. It, it, you know, I mean, uh, it was terrible. But anyway, age fit. Um, let let me let me say this uh, real quick. You know, uh, boxing had evolved when cable networks came on. Boxing had evolved into HBO being the premier. And Showtime being its little brother, right? True. And people, 100% pe true. people wanted to get on HBO, and, and, and Showtime was, was that other network that showed some great fights. And, and over time, I, I think it's safe to say that, and, bo and both of them had double shows. You know, HBO's After Dark and their HBO Championship, and then Showtime had their uh, Showtime Championship Boxing and also Showbox, the next generation. And I loved Showbox. Now, now let me finish the thought real quick by saying this. It's kind of switched. I mean, Showtime uh, kind of has some... In, let me just say that they have better fights more often than HBO has of late. I think HBO needs to do some revamping, but that's another story. But one of the things I always loved about Showbox, The Next Generation was the fact that it was exactly what the title suggests. We got to see young fighters um, on the way up fighting other young fighters in what generally was very competitive fights. And we got to hear a, a talented uh, broadcast team in Steve Farhood and Barry Tompkins calling the action. So we got to see, you know, not only good commentators, but ex exceptional fights. Well, over the last several years, that hasn't been the case. Showtime uh, buddied up with uh, uh, Al Heyman and, and Premier Boxing Champions. And a lot of times we see fighters that uh, look good on paper, but really it's a showcase fight. Uh, and, you know, the moral of the story is this weekend we have a quadruple header on Showbox. And it reminds me of the old days of Showbox, the next generation, prior to... Uh, Steven, don't leave your kids alone with him, Espinosa, uh, when he was calling the shots, all right? But Friday, just as a plug, which I normally don't do, there's some really good fights on Showbox. 
Um, Luis Rosa, 23-0 and in the featherweight division, has taken on Yondale Evans, and Yondale Evans is 19-1 and with 14 knockouts. Um, also, uh, Rasib Budotov is 7-0 and with six knockouts, uh, taking on uh, Yanir Gonzalez, who's 19-0 and with a draw uh, in a welterweight fight. In the heavyweight division, Junior Fay, who's 12-0 and with seven knockouts, uh, who, uh, by the way, has beaten uh, Joseph Parker in the amateurs not once but twice, is taking on Fred Latham, who's 9-0 and with a couple of draws. Uh, and uh, uh, U.S. Olympian from 2016, Charles Conwell, 5-0 and with five knockouts in the super welterweight division or junior middleweight division, is taking on uh, Roke Rocky Zapata, who's 4-1-3. and I like these fights, and it's going to be a showcase for me in a sense because... I want to take a look at these fights, Sal, and they look like they are throwback showbox the next generation fights, uh, and we'll see on Friday if they're not what we've come u- become used to with showcase uh, fights. So uh, hopefully uh, that'll uh, be the case uh, this weekend. What What's your thoughts? Well, I hope so too because, like I said, it was a great format and. You know, you've always had uh, HBO as the originator and 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 uh, setting the uh, path through the woods, and then Showtime took that path and 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 stepped ahead and redefined it. And uh, and now, you know, it's been a good ebb and flow. But I, I love I love that whole Showbox thing right there. And uh, hopefully, we'll be yielding some good fights this weekend, and we'll see where it goes from there, Billy C. I agree with you. Listen, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, trivia question time. Yeah, and uh, let me just give you a hint. You's all losers. Nobody got it yet. We'll be back in two. Billy C. will be right back. Part of the Billy C. Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now. Or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C Show. Glad you could be with us. A programming note, don't forget, we're not doing a live show on Thursday. We will not be doing a live show on Thursday, but uh, as far as I know, we will be... uh, here on Friday, so uh, we'll let you know. We got, uh, you know, the holidays are coming up, and uh, the schedule gets uh, a little, uh, little messed up. Plus, we're we're waiting for the uh, uh, official announcement days and times for our uh, new series that Sal and I worked on. Billy C's Boxing Revisited will be being uh, aired on uh, several television networks. Uh, the contracts uh, are in place. Uh, we're just waiting for the actual days and times. Uh, that these uh, episodes will uh, air, so uh, keep you posted for, on that. But Sal, you know we got this uh, trivia question, and it's uh, uh, been a tough one. Um, so we're looking for the first person to get this answer correct. I got some hints, so maybe you can uh, give us your uh, uh, your thoughts. But the question is, who did Jack Dempsey say was the greatest fighter of his weight and height that he ever saw? Jack Dempsey. Um, so here's some hints. Today's hints. This guy uh, fought and completed his career prior to 1965. Um, He was not a heavyweight. 
he was a former world champion. Any ideas? One fighter I used to watch eight millimeter reels as a kid and actually inspired me. Uh, I thought it was a great fighter at any weight, and he fought multi divisions and was a world champion. Was Henry Armstrong? Ooh, great answer, Sal. But no, uh, that oh, wasn't. Damn. It. But, but that I was, was going to say that was yeah, a good one. That, that, and and that's that's answer. smart. Like no, that's smart. That's a that's a that's a good answer and a good starting point for all you guys. So you know, heed what Sal Rocky Senecola says. I'm going to ask you one more time, and I'm going to give you another hint in here. Not you, Sal. The, the 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 boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, and children of all ages that are listening. And if you're the first one to email me the correct answer, Billy at Talking Boxing. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. You'll win uh, the prize, which is uh, your very own copy of the Title Bout Championship computer game, the same one that Alex uses for our blast from the past uh, for, this, for the uh, uh, simulations. And uh, tomorrow's blast from the past, Tony de Tiger Lopez. Uh, so you don't want to miss that. Um, the question is, who did Jack Dempsey say was the greatest fighter of his weight and height that he ever saw. Here's some hints, and I'm going to add one more. He, this guy, fought completely. He did not fight uh, after this. Uh, prior to 1965, he was not a heavyweight. Was a former world champion. And his name, his initials, both have the same letter. His first and last name have the same letter. And uh, I'm not not going to give you the letter. I'm not not going to give you the letter. All right. And I had another. I had another hint that would have given it away. Heck of a hint. But uh, if you're the first one to email me the correct answer, Billy at Talking Boxing T A L K I N B O X I N G dot com, you'll win the prize. And I promise, um, the next one after this will be uh, a hell of a lot easier. Um, On this day in boxing history, November seventh, in 1988. Sugar Ray Leonard knocks out Donnie Lalonde in the ninth round to win the WBC World Light Heavyweight title and the newly created WBC World Super Middleweight titles, and that took place in Las Vegas. This always amazed me, this fight. Uh, Not that Sugar Ray Leonard won, but that the WBC uh, made the consolation that Sugar Ray Leonard could fight for both uh, weight class titles in one fight because that would say that if it was a super middleweight that means the weight limit was 168 because if he fought higher than 168 he would be light heavyweight not super middleweight and you're not allowed to to simultaneous simultaneously hold two weights so I, this was a gift for sugar ray leonard yeah. no disrespect to sugar ray but it is what it is uh, that took place on this day in 1988. On this day in 1970, one of the greatest middleweights ever, Carlos Monzon knocks out Nino Benvenuti in the 12th round uh, to win the world middleweight title. It took place in Rome. On this day in 1981, Tadashi Miara wins a 15-round decision over Rocky Frado uh, to win the vacant WBA junior middleweight title, and that took place in Rochester, New York. You know, I have a connection to Rocky Frado. When I was promoting... Um, his son, Rocky Frado Jr., uh, was, uh, um, was uh, actually, it was Rocky Frado himself. Uh, Rocky's father um, didn't, uh, didn't fight Mahara, but Rocky Frado uh, uh, had some fighters 
that uh, I worked with him together uh, on. So a uh, little, uh, little tidbit there. On this day in 1989, Nana Conadu, because his, father, his father's name was Rocky too, um, but, uh, but this definitely wasn't his father. Uh, his father fought in the uh, uh, 50s and early 60s. But anyway, uh, on this day in 1989, Nana Conadu wins a 12-round decision over Gilberto Roman uh, to win the WBC Junior Bantamweight title that took place in Mexico City. On this day in 1908, Jimmy Gardner wins a 15-round decision over Jimmy Clabby. It was a battle of the Jimmys uh, to win the Louisiana World Welterweight title that took place in Louisiana. And uh, like we had said, uh, all the way up until uh, uh, the 30s, I believe, uh, many states had their version of the world title. So we have a lot of titles out there today. Uh, and there were a lot of titles out there in yesteryear. Not as many as today, but there was certainly a lot. And this uh, was an example of one. Uh, as a matter of fact, I mentioned uh, um, at one point Sugar Ray Robinson, the greatest uh, fighter ever, the best ever, if you will. Um, when he fought in the middleweight division, his first middleweight title that he won, uh, first world title, was actually the Pennsylvania world middleweight title. So a little uh, tidbit there. And finally, on this day in, in uh, 1992, the professor, uh, Azuma Nelson, wins a 12-round decision wow. over Calvin Grove to retain his WBC world super featherweight title, and that took place at Caesars Tahoe in State Line, Nevada, on this day November 7th in 1992. You have something to say there, Sal, Rocky, Semicola? I, I, I do. Two things, if I may add. Wasn't Calvin Grove from Jersey? Um, That, I don't recall, my I man. I think so. I yeah. think he was. I think we uh, we used to see him fight. I might have even fought on one of his undercards in, in Atlantic City, but I, for some reason I want to say he was from Jersey. Maybe, maybe not, just around the surrounding states. And also, you know, we were talking about Henry Armstrong. I mentioned him. You know what I found out yesterday? I want to confirm it. Uh, that he worked here in his later years at Sea Island and St. Simon's Island. He worked uh, uh, at the uh, big resort on Sea Island uh, as a greeter or something like that. I you should find that out. You should find that out. That would be an oh, interesting— Oh, you know, and you know who used to come here all the time was a fighter from Georgia was Young Stribling. Oh yeah, that I know. I, and I he read came to Sea I, Island all the time, and he would see Henry Armstrong. They well, would talk I, a lot. I, uh, Young Stribling, his book, uh, the book uh, on him was fantastic. And you're right, because he's from Georgia. He was from Georgia uh, originally, and they used to vacation on St. Simon's. That's right. That yes. I knew. And he was a, I mean, he. When you say bad, he was bad, but it was good. That was a good bad. Yeah, <laughs> it was a, a good bad. bad. That bad he was, was good. A tough son of a gun. Yeah, Nobody no, wanted to I, fight him, as I heard. No, he's. Uh, we got a trivia question about him coming up. But anyway, um, hey, listen, man, don't forget to tune in tomorrow. Uh, Larry Hazard will be here with his thoughts on uh, the heavyweight division. Uh, we also will be doing our blast from the past with Alex Papali, and like I said earlier today, it's going to be on Tony de Tiger Lopez, great fighter. Uh, from uh, California uh, who has been on this show and uh, this guy uh, uh, is a class act both in and out of the ring so you don't want to miss tomorrow's show but anyway that concludes today's show um, make sure you tune in tomorrow morning same bat time same bat channel until then I'll leave you with this ciao baby Hey!